conversations about yesterday's animation. Animations. Saturday morning cartoon fair. Days past. Ghostbusters, Transformers, DuckTales, Days, 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 It's not a particularly deep show, so you will like us. I dealt with your asses for too long. You turn me evil. No, you are already that way. Don't blame me. Days past. Hello and welcome to the Days Past Tooncast. My name is Will. My name is Travis. And on this podcast, we are still having adult conversations about yesterday's animations. We're not going to let just being apart from each other, being quarantined, stop us from this count up to episode 100100. Nothing can stop us. The world keeps trying to throw everything at us, but man, it can't hold us down, Will. It can't. Let's just say we're not going to let it stop us, Mm -hmm. but we also don't want anything else sent our way that could stop us. (laughs) Right. Can we agree on this? I think so. It's Earth Day this week. Oh, yeah. I don't know if anyone's even going to (laughs) notice, but it's an important holiday that I have always wanted us to do an episode during, and somehow we never have. Yeah. (laughs) Despite covering Captain Planet and the Planeteers twice now, three times now, actually, we're doing our part as two Earth and environment conscious men by staying home and remotely recording this Earth Day episode of Days Past Tooncasts. Yes, sir. Social distance all the way, buddy. Emotional distance. <laughs> I already had down. Social distance. Getting used to it. Yeah. We're going to inaugurate yet another new cartoon today on our count up to 100. Yeah. This cartoon is the story of a young janitor <laughs> mutated into a hideously disfigured creature of superhuman size and strength. He's done so by toxic waste, man's greatest enemy. And he fights polluters alongside other mutants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and together they're known as the Toxic Crusaders. Wow! Toxic Crusaders, Toxic Crusaders, Toxic! Toxic Crusaders. It ran for one season of 13 episodes. <laughs> and that's all it needed. <laughs> lucky lucky number 13. I, I feel like nobody could have thought that there would have been more than that, even the people making it, even the people that were fans of it. Right. It's one of those things that you just say, yeah, this is a limited <laughs> deal. And I feel like you made me watch all 13 episodes, Will. Oh, man. So we watched, we watched what is called Toxic Crusaders colon the movie, <laughs> which is a cutting together of... What was supposed to be three episodes of the show, which is how it was sold to me, (laughs) they managed to fit in a fourth episode of this cartoon show. (laughs) So we have now watched more episodes of this than a lot of other good tunes that we've covered so far. Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) This cartoon falls into three distinct DPTC categories. It is environmental, just like Captain Planet. Captain Planet. It is a TMNT ripoff, a ripoff of the Ninja Turtles, just like Street Sharks and Moo Mesa. Mesa. And much like Robocop, the animated series, and Rambo, the Force of Freedom. Rambo, the Force of Freedom. It is a children's cartoon based on an R-rated film. 
a hard R. It is a hard, it is a, like uh, as capital as an R gets uh-huh. because it is based on the film series, The Toxic Avenger from Troma Entertainment. The original one came out in 1984. Troma has made a lot of movies at this point. They're still around. Mm-hmm. They came around in 1974 making sex comedies and exploitation films, which it's the right time for it. That through the 80s. <laughs> We were all looking for it. They made movies with boobs, butts, crazy violence, and dumb laughs for as much money as it took to cover their bar tab, it seems like, because everything was super cheap. Everything was just get it fucking done, throw a boob on the screen, and everyone will be happy. Bachelor party it up. Toxic Avenger kind of broke the mold for them a little bit because it was a superhero shock horror comedy. It was, I I don't know if it was particularly funny, but... (laughs) It was tr- it was reaching for humor. It was reaching for some humor on the shelf, and I don't know if it was tall enough for that. Yeah. <laughs> they tormented him until he had a horrifying accident and fell into a vat of nuclear waste, transforming little Melvin into a hideously deformed creature of superhuman size and strength. Melvin became the Toxic Avenger. The Toxic Avenger is coming to your town. Look out. It became a cult hit. It didn't wasn't popular at first, but they started showing it late night showings and people started to catch on. So there have been multiple sequels. There was a stage musical in the 2000s with music by the keyboardist from Bon Jovi. Wow. And that's how you know your content, your original intelligence property has made it. Yeah, right. <laughs> the Toxic Avenger. He's a different kind of hero. Melvin, you're looking more and more like your father every day. The classic story of the Beauty and the Beast. He's a hero who fights for the safety of New Jersey. So, Travis, have you ever seen any of the Toxic Avenger movies? Yes, but I do not remember them. I mean, I do not remember the... The storyline in it or what was happening, you know, but I do remember watching for sure. My memories of it are I saw the video cover. Toxic Avenger is like this gross, melted looking greenish, brownish man uh, who is a mutant. And his left eye is just like melting down his face. Much like the Goonies, kind of Goonie-esque. Totally right. Yes. It totally looks like uh, Chunk from the Goonies. Yeah. And I just said, hey, I want that. It's superhero-ish, I guess. So I watched it. And even then, I felt dirty as a kid watching it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The kind of dirty where you are you eat a gas station sandwich at four in the morning and it's not QT. <laughs> even then, I knew I was too young to be seeing the movie. There are like boobs and nudity or whatever in it, but the violence was way over the top. I made me uncomfortable, but I just it was also just something like, well, it's another weird sci-fi thing to watch, I guess. Yeah. But every of what I remember of it and now taking a look back, like everything and everyone in these movies is disgusting. And I don't just mean the mutant. (laughs) Like it is a uniquely 80s kind of sleaze where everybody is shallow and evil and horny. Even the supposedly good-looking, successful people are still (laughs) gross to look at because of the tans they have. Mm -hmm. And this came at the height of the war on nerds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These were bad days. Nerds now, 
I hope they understand what happened with their forefathers, like what they sacrificed <laughs> playing D&D, wearing glasses and pocket protectors to get them to where they are now, where they can walk the streets freely. Mm-hmm. These movies were like Porky's minus 50% of the budget oh. plus gore. <laughs> That's that's what they were making over there at Troma. Hands up, just saying. Hands up. They knew it. They they never have apologized or tried to mince those words at all. They mm-hmm. know exactly what they were up to. Right. So keeping in mind that this is a cartoon that was released for children and that it is based on this film, here are some of the things that happen in just the first Toxic Avenger movie. Okay, lay it on me. Okay. Attempted castration. Mm. And it's not like Bob Barker castration where it's the oh. dog or the cat. Like it's some <laughs> some man is going to be castrated. Attempted rape. Underage prostitution. Human trafficking. And then the violence. Yeah. <laughs> a child's head is visibly exploded when run over by a car. Jeez. And the hero, the Toxic Avenger himself, commits multiple revenge murders. Like, that is his brand of justice in the movies, <laughs> is just killing people gruesomely, including publicly disemboweling the evil mayor of the town. Well, you know what? Bless Chuck Lorre for turning this into something kids can consume. God bless him. He is a writer. What else has he done? He did Two and a Half Men. He helped write a song. He helped write the TMNT song, I think. I, I think everything underneath the sun, really, for being real with each other. He helped uh, transfer this from <laughs> Schlock, Schlock House to Rock House. According to Troma co-founder and the director and producer on the Toxic Avenger films, Lloyd Kaufman, this is how it happened. Playmates Toy Company had made toys, uh, the uh, action figures for the Teenage Mutant uh, uh, Turtles uh, and the Teenage Mutant uh, Mutant, uh, whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) And Kevin Eastman is a big trauma fan. So he suggested to them that they ought to think about Toxic Avenger because he was a big trauma fan as a kid and he created the uh, Mutant Turtles. They made Toxic Crusaders, a cartoon show uh, which uh, aimed at five-year-olds. The Toxic Avenger is the only movie in film history where a young boy's head is crushed by the wheel of an automobile that was made into a politically correct environmental film instruction. God dang. That's Lloyd Kaufman speaking right there at the Alamo Draft House doing a and I'm assuming after they've shown <laughs> Toxic Crusaders. Now, that's not the only place where Lloyd Kaufman, when I was looking him up, mentions how Kevin Eastman was a fan of trauma and set that whole thing up. Mm-hmm. I'm, I tend to believe him. I don't think he's lying. Right, right. <laughs> but looking up Lloyd Kaufman, he's quite a character. His way of speaking and the way he tells a story and interacts, it just leads me to think that maybe that is a kinder view of what happened than it actually was. Don't know if that's true. Right. But Lloyd is still around. He's like 74. He looks great. He's always in a suit. He's somewhere between Stan Lee and like a 70s porn theater manager. (laughs) Here's Lloyd introducing the Toxic Crusaders DVD. Greetings from Tromaville, kiddies. I'm your Uncle Lloydie, and welcome to the lovingly recreated DVD of the original TV show, The Toxic Crusaders. Yes, back in the 80s, the Toxic Crusaders were on their way to becoming a huge success like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Do you know what syndication means? Yes, this cartoon show should have gone into syndication, and I would have become a very rich. 
which, man, Toxy was well on his way to becoming a household word, and we were going to have all this great merchandise to shill. And then the evil men from the big corporations came, and they took Toxy away. Can you say devil-worshipping international media conglomerate? Can you say independent company? Due to those very bad men, soon Uncle Lloydy will have no work and there will be no independent companies left. Man, he is and great. And Uncle Lloydy will be coming to you asking for a job. <laughs> well, kids, it's time for Uncle Lloydy to go and cash his welfare check. Bye, kids. Bye. <laughs> Man, I... First of all, I wish I wish I had an Uncle Lloydy. I do too. Uh, Uncle Lloydy, he's great. <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> I mean, and it's funny because it's like he's not he's not funny, but he is, and he knows it's not funny, and that's why it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's and and I a lot of that seems to influence this show. I feel like you can see it kind of in. There's a, a villain named Psycho who always knows what the heroes are going to do just based on a knowledge of pop culture. Yeah. <laughs> or how the American flag and fireworks will just start appearing behind Toxie when he starts making a big speech about something. That, I feel like, is in the spirit of Uncle Lloydy. <laughs> I love him. Oh, Tales from the Crapper. Maybe that's what you'd like to, you'd like to know. Uh, check out Tales from the Crapper. That says it all. And, by the way, we're, we're big fans of yours here in Tromaville. Very big fans. We masturbate to you constantly. One thing they definitely got right on this show is the theme song. Oh, yeah. Diamond David Lee Roth from Van Halen uh-huh. must have been on some hard times because it sounds like him or some like degenerate clone of him sang the damn thing. Degenerate clone. <laughs> I had no friends, no girls that helped me till I got radioactive ugly. <laughs> I love it. Till I got radioactive ugly? I live in the because the rent's real low. Got a little black me and he loves me And this part, it's just TMNT, the same theme song. Pretty much. Oh my god, such a bad solo. (laughs) It's so long. It is. I I could go on much longer, as far as I'm concerned. Like, as far as I'm concerned, that's where all the money went, and there it should have gone. <laughs> that is the right move, because it, it proof's in the pudding, baby. Oh, baby, you already know. You guys got me. Is that some of the best we've heard on this on this podcast, I must say. Absolutely. So there was a video game based on this cartoon, which is crazy to me. What, like, when did that get greenlit in the 13 episodes that they made? Mm-hmm. They must have had really high hopes for this thing. It, it must have just been at the right right place, right time, man. Well, because they also got the toy deal mm-hmm. from Playmates, which is... TMNT. And these toys are the best thing about this cartoon. Oh, easily. yeah. Oh, yeah. So I had a Toxie figure which I'm sure was just me pointing at something next to the TMNT toys and being like, that looks very close to it. That's probably TMNT. Let's go. Or, or, or you went to grab the TMNT, your mom pulled you, and you just you grabbed a Toxie instead. <laughs> Accidentally, one of those fell into my basket. Well, man, they're, they are respected in the toy world. People love them. But what I love most about them are the commercials, their tagline for the toy line. They were victims of pollution. They were toxic, wasted into super-powered heroes. With thrashed-out faces. 
They're gross, but they still get girls. Is the is the toys motto like their tagline to, that, to sum up all of that? Everything that goes on here, which we'll get to in a second, because it's a complicated world that they live in, just like the world we live in. They're gross, but they still get girls. That is the promise for the nerds out there that want to buy these toys. I just don't see the one. Only one of them has a girlfriend. Yeah. The other ones don't. <laughs> and, and she and she's pretty much platonic, at, you know. I, I mean, that's all they can do in a G-rated right. cartoon, I guess. <laughs> Got to keep it sleazy. Keep it sleazy. Uncle Lloydie says, <laughs> keep it sleazy. So before we go any further with this cartoon mm-hmm. and all of its many moving parts, <laughs> I have what I think is an important question, and I've had it for a long time, but this watching this cartoon uh, reawoke it in me. Okay, it's awoken. All right. What is toxic waste? <laughs> Tunes would have us believe it's a green slurry found in oil drums exclusively, but I don't know what it is. It's a thing that we talked about a lot in the 1990s I, I looked it up. It still doesn't quite make sense to me. It's just anything that's a byproduct of other things that is bad for us in any number of ways. Fermented poop. J- is Fermented that- poop in all, in all reality. I think that's a narrow view of it. <laughs> you're narrow. I, I think you're, you're being you're limiting what toxic waste can be by making it just poop. <laughs> Fermented poop. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like everything that is green and lives in an oil drum Uh is toxic waste. That's it. That's all they give us. And and it'll make you stronger and scarier looking in a nutshell. Toxic waste does a lot for a lot of people. Right. In this cartoon. (laughs) So the toxic crusader, I guess we'll call him. I didn't realize this until like uh, however long it took for us to watch this cartoon. (laughs) A long time. I didn't realize until deep into it that they were calling the toxic avenger Toxic Crusader. Right. I guess Avenger means vengeance, means Mm -hmm. murdering people for justice versus the Crusades, which were murdering people for religion. (laughs) Right? Right. I think so. so. Crusader Crusading is, you know, being out there for a cause. So I Uh guess that's why they changed it. He was, before anything else, a very skinny, awkward young man named Melvin. Melvin Junko. Which is a great name overall. And the last name Junko, I, which I would assume is like shortened when you come over to Staten Island. They just say, look, you're Junko now. <laughs> oh, I wish I wasn't a complete and hopeless nerd. Maybe then I'd have a girlfriend who loves me for who I am. Or at least confuses me with someone else. Oh boy, this is my lucky day. I got a girlfriend. Yippee! I have never, and maybe I just haven't lived enough. I've never met a young janitor. I've met one. I've met one, Will. Well, here's the other side of that coin. I don't think I could trust a young janitor. Did you trust your young janitor? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Where was this? <laughs> Where did you have a young janitor? Uh, when I was a night nighttime manager at my grocery store. Okay. Well, you were in charge of him then. Uh huh. Well, somewhat. You let that happen on your watch. <laughs> Very shifty. Very shifty he was, man. Well, this guy is less shifty than he is 
pathetic, like pathetic is just dripping off this man. Uh-huh. Like you could towel it off of him. And when we meet him, he is dancing at the back of a jazzercise class at the gym that he works for. <laughs> right. Because that's where he is a janitor. Right. And he's just ogling the ladies. And again, this is the height of the war on nerds. And like the war on drugs, it's just a war that doesn't have a winner, really, at the end of the day. <laughs> right. Except for the bullies. They they won in this round, I guess. Yeah, I think so. So you've got two bullies who look like they just stepped out of Mad Max, the way that they are <laughs> drawn. Like they just raided the accessories corner at the post-apocalyptic Goodwill store. Spiked up, baby. The guy is named Bonehead. The lady is named Bimbet. <laughs> <laughs> like a tiny bimbo. Yeah. A bimbo in training, I guess. Yeah. yeah. She's a yellow belt uh-huh. in bimboing. These two seem to be into some twisted humiliation play shit because they're a couple. <laughs> and he says to her, hey, Bimbet, look at Melvin Junko. What a complete and hopeless nerd. Yeah, got me with a Reich. Melvin's a real nuclear puker. <laughs> How about if we have some fun with old Melvin and show everybody what a bogus geek he is? <laughs> That's a deaf idea, Bonehead. What's the plan? Essentially, I want you to seduce a lesser man than me yep. and make him wear a tutu, which is what... They end up making Melvin Junko do and make him think he's going out with you. And then we humiliate him. That is what they're into as a couple. That's pretty sick, man. That's pretty sick. (laughs) Well, that's the kind of shit that went on in the movies. That is very close to the movie origin. So they just have him show up in a tutu in the pool area of the gym when it's closed and all their friends are there. They just laugh at him Mm -hmm. and he runs out because he's humiliated. And that's when he falls into... Toxic waste, waste, waste. Toxic waste. Again. (laughs) And he starts melting like nobody's business. He pretty much looks like the cheese on the pizzas that the TMNT eat in Uh. the cartoons. (laughs) Like that sloppy, like. (laughs) Right. Gross. But he just, his body just literally melts into a new figure, Mm -hmm. which is the Toxic Crusader, mostly known as Toxie. (laughs) Formerly known as, formerly known as Melvin. Hey, you punks, leave that girl alone. Your days of picking on nerds and accordion players are over, bonehead. This is my planet, even though I don't look like I'm from it. And this is my town, which means it's my job to keep it safe, beautiful, and free from pollution. At this point, the people that are looking at him, all the bullies, say something in unison that, as we we mentioned before, gets said... 15 times over this slightly over an hour, quote unquote, movie. (laughs) I counted them. Mm -hmm. I wrote them down every time they happened. That's an average of about five. Every five minutes, you get this phrase. Hideously deformed creature. A hideously deformed creature. Of superhuman size and strength. Of superhuman size and strength. This'll teach you to mess with a hideously deformed creature of superhuman size and strength. Who is now a hideously deformed creature with superhuman size and strength. We're both hideously deformed creatures with superhuman size and strength. Hideously deformed creature of superhuman size and strength. Hideously deformed creature of superhuman size and strength. Hideously deformed Creatures of superhuman size and strength. Hideously, hideously, hideously deformed creatures of superhuman size and strength. I'm Toxie, a hideously deformed creature of superhuman size and strength and all-round nice guy. 
That is from the movies. They hit that hard in the movies. <laughs> they did, man. They and did. I, the thing is, watching this as a 20-minute cartoon, two or three times a cartoon, you're probably going to be like, oh, yeah, they did it. But watching them all spliced together, it never got to that point where it got funny after doing it too many times. It was just, <laughs> man, <laughs> they did it a lot. Now, that's what Toxie is. He is a monster and a hero. And he's big and superhumanly strong. He also has like a spidey sense, like Spider-Man has, where he knows that there's trouble nearby. Uh huh. <laughs> and I mean, trauma, you kind of got me considering this toxic waste thing, you know? Because <laughs> it's like, like, I mean, we're going to see some of the other things that this does for people, but this is not a bad deal. Right. I mean, listen, listen, I would check it out. All right. I would check it out. <laughs> you give it a shot. You take like a jello shot of, of toxic waste. Of, of fermented poop. Yes. <laughs> Another side effect of the toxic waste is that his mop, which he was holding, because, you know, he's a janitor. Uh -huh. He's a young janitor. <laughs> his mop is mutated so that it is alive and communicates through what I would have to call rat language. Because <laughs> it's just squeaks and scurrying sounds. It sounds like you're rubbing a balloon. And my mop is alive. I bet that happened when it fell into the toxic chemicals with me. Okay, mop, let's you and me clean up this mess. He uses the mop as it's a friend. It can it can fight enemies on its own. Mm -hmm. It does that a few times. It bounces around. It's kind of like uh, Fantasia when the brooms come to life. I watched it and he was using this mop to fight off bad guys. I just thought, you know what? A mop is really just a bow staff with a bonus function. Uh -huh. <laughs> it is like they took an awesome weapon from TMNT yep. and made it even better. All of the TMNT weapons should have also doubled as cleaning implements. Right? They really should have. How cool would that be? Because then they could be buffing up the walls, uh -huh. you know? Like when <laughs> Splinter is mad at them, he can just switch it around. And I say, let's put this into action in real life. Every gun also needs to be... A sponge. A sponge. Yep. I'll leave that to the NRA and the cleaning moguls to figure out. Okay, yep. Mr. Clean. I, I select Mr. Clean to be the one that deals with the NRA. Okay. Because he takes care of business. <laughs> so poor Melvin uh, is now Toxie, the Toxic Crusader, and he's fine with it. He really has no issue with this change in his life. Right. When he goes home, we get to meet his mom, uh. who also relatively quickly adjusts to this new uh, development with her kid. She might be happy that he's just doing something with his life at this point, uh. but she is Janine from Ghostbusters if she just let herself go completely, because uh. she she is yeah. a small red haired woman with you know the thick glasses and the thick accent. Melvin, my son, I. Oh. oh, yeah, I'll tell you what happened. My son, Melvin Junko, saved those poor orphans from being thrown out of their home. Of course he saved Dromaville. He's my son. He's a hero. She is explicitly Jewish. Because <laughs> cartoons at this point only knew one kind of Jewish woman, and she was short and very loud. Uh -huh. And that's, that's what they did with Miss Junko. Which, if that's her name, they must have shortened it yeah. again. It's like Junkowitz or <laughs> Junkoberg. <laughs> she suggests that Toxie live in what she calls the toxic waste dump. Because he can't live at her house, she says. That's done. It's too much. It's too much. But it's also a junkyard. Uh -huh. So, like, anything that's junky or irradiated gets dumped there. And that's where he ends up living and they end up headquartering all the Toxic Crusaders and they get together. And just like any cartoon where there's a junkyard, Travis, who should you keep an eye out for? Drifters and rats. And what cartoon characters might show up in a cartoon junkyard? 
Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. Oh, uh, the junkyard gang. Oh, just the junkyard gang oh. and Fat Albert. <laughs> I was waiting for them to show up. I always keep an eye out for those guys <laughs> in any cartoon junkyard. You're right. You're right. And they didn't show up, but had they been in it, I bet they would just be puddles by this point right? because it is a radioactive swamp. <laughs> but I would love thinking of crossovers with other cartoons and this one. I would have killed to see Toxic Crusaders crossover with Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Oh, for sure, Because they have the same goal, same goal of cleaning up uh-huh. the environment. Yep. Although they never really, they never really talk about doing that. Uh, like in an, we're going to take out the trash uh-huh. or we're going to do recycling. <laughs> right, right. But they all say that they're out for the environment. But we both know that Captain Planet cannot handle pollution when it's put up in his face. No, no. Like, if it comes near him, he's done. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just want to see Toxie go to shake Captain Planet's hand. And he's just like, oh, God, I'm melting. And Toxie's like, I got to give him mouth to mouth. It's like, you're poisoning me. God. So <laughs> like, I don't know what happened. It's just this green-haired puddle of a man that's left over. The waste that turns Toxie into Toxie comes from our big bad guy, Dr. Kilimoff. Yes, sir. It's funny. <laughs> it's clever. <laughs> he is a 90s bad guy if you ever did see one. Oh, yeah. Because he wears a suit and he loves to pollute. <laughs> Corporate doesn't give a shit about the environment. He is the Elon Musk of eco-terrorism. Do you know why I love this town? Because it's the most polluted city in the world. And I, Dr. Kilimoff, made it that way. He runs Apocalypse Inc. I don't even remember them saying this in the cartoon, but that is the corporation that he runs. Right. In the movies, that is a corporation run by the devil himself. Mm. So I think they made the right choice to fold the pollution into the company instead of bringing Satan into the whole thing. Right. Yeah. This guy is wearing what looks like a military grade COVID face mask. Yeah. The metal tubes coming off of it hooked up to a pipe organ backpack. (laughs) (laughs) That's just belching gas out into the world. I think what it does is it absorbs oxygen and then turns it into polluted gas for him to breathe. Yeah. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. I mean, I think so. Because this guy loves polluting. Uh Uh-huh. He loves it. He is Uh (laughs) goo-goo for for Uh (laughs) poo-poo. Pollution is his brand. Everything is based around pollution. The waste that Toxie falls in is called Grossolium 90, <laughs> like it's gross. <laughs> and instead of the foot soldiers from TMNT, he has Radiation Rangers, yep. who are guys in hazmat suits. And I love the idea of someone who just, not even for personal gain, like as in Captain Planet, they try to sell us that like, oh, this guy's you know got this scheme because it's going to make him money. And then, that, but he's willing to pollute to do it. Dr. Kilimoff just takes pleasure from polluting. Just that satisfaction of dropping a candy wrapper on the ground, you know? <laughs> it doesn't feel good for me. Like, if, if my receipt from the grocery store gets carried off by the wind, I feel really bad because I was very well trained by these cartoons uh-huh. as a child. Yeah. Like, Captain Planet instilled in me a fear of what happens if I don't save the planet. Well, the reason that he is all about the pollution is because he is actually an alien. From the planet Smogula. (laughs) (laughs) 
it makes me laugh every time I hear it. Every time I read it, doing research, every time they said it. Mm-hmm. Smogula. It's just, I think of Dracula. I think of Caligula. Uh-huh. I think of a Godzilla villain that's a huge vampire gas cloud <laughs> trying to start up some orgies. <laughs> like that, I think of all these things at once with Smogula. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue. But for once, they give us a, a really good reason, I guess a good reason, that someone would want to pollute, which is that they come from a planet that is all about pollution, that is polluted, and that is the environment they have to live in. Now, it's not a good reason like to kill people or to do any of the other shit, but as far as why someone would choose to pollute, that's a pretty good reason. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. If we traveled to a planet that was polluted, and we're like, oh, you got to clean this shit up. We would be the eco-terrorists because that's the environment they live in, uh-huh. but we're trying to change it, you know? So uh, just try to take his perspective on this. <laughs> All we're saying is reconsider Earth Day, okay? Just reconsider just, it. Th- <laughs> yes. Just think on this. It's rude. Did you notice that Dr. Kilimoff has a watch on every hand? You notice that? No, I didn't because he has four arms. Yeah, he, he's rocking a fresh watch on each each wrist. Ah, these corporate fat cats with their forearms and their because <laughs> he's also because we find out he has the forearms because the Smogulans are a race of cockroach humanoids. Mm, like yep. he takes off his whole head to reveal that he's actually a cockroach in a suit. Uh, <laughs> it, and it made me say out loud. Whoa. Damn it. Literally. Yeah. Now, cartoons don't do that very often. Uh, whoa. <laughs> I was a real Joey. What's his face from the night? What's his goddamn name? Woo! The guy, yeah, the guy who said woo. Blossom, blossom. But what's his name? <laughs> Joey. Ah, man. What's Joey's name? I'm looking it up. What is Joey's name? Joey. Whoa. Joey and Woe brings up Joey Lawrence, baby. Ooh, baby. Woo. Woo. Blossom. Blossom. Damn near killed him. Woo. He, of course, has some minions. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not from the movies. He's got henchmen. The first one, the main one, we touched on briefly earlier. His name is Psycho. <laughs> That's just his name. Yep. Psycho. No play on words. No play on words. Exactly. I'm going to say C minus on this villain name. Uh Uh-huh. Not especially. (laughs) It's a character description. It's not even pollution based. I'm surprised Dr. Kelimoff would hire him. Right. Like he would say, you know, your sheet looks great. Your resume reads well. And this is a good interview. Would you change your name to Trash Blast Uh for this job? (laughs) Are you willing to do that? Right. This guy... He is a green-skinned cyborg who is the one that can tell, like, basically, he is aware that they're in a TV show. He always says, like, what if they figure this plot out? What if they figure this plot out? (laughs) But his reads and his attitude are, you know, when someone says, I'm over this, I'm over that, I'm over it, whatever it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Are you familiar with this this, uh, young phrase Uh that the youth are using? Okay. (laughs) The hip. The hipsters. I, I really dislike it as a phrase because usually the way people say it, they're clearly not over the thing that they're saying they're over. Yeah, right. If you say, I'm so over this, you're clearly way up in it. You're under it. Uh. You're beneath it. You're completely <laughs> under it. This guy, though, if he was just to say, ah, I'm over it, that's what he sounds like. I'm worried, boss. Like, what if the Toxic Crusader's mom happens to be friends with one of those old biddies? And she calls on the Toxic Crusaders to help. And he and his fellow mutant creatures kick butt on our radiation rangers. 
It sounds like they stumbled on a New Jersey man and just said, hey, you want to read something for us? He's like, nah, not really. <laughs> but he did it anyway for some reason to give him money because he just, he stumbles and slurs over what he's saying. Uh-huh. It's just a man off the street. I, I really it's amazing. <laughs> Dr. Kilimoff's other main henchman is Bonehead. And this is the guy from the couple that turned Toxie into Toxie. Yeah. He confronts Toxie at one point, and the way that he gets turned into a mutant is Toxie throws him into a, another, yet another oil drum of toxic waste, uh-huh. and he emerges looking like a zombie because you can see his rib cage and shit. So that's the closest that Toxic Avenger or Toxic Crusader gets to the movies is he does seemingly kill one of the bullies. Revenge hurt. Yeah, re- a revenge injury. <laughs> a revengery. Let me take care of the toxic crusader because he did this to me. And it is just like they were just kind of like, sorry about your humanity, man, but we really needed another villain for the toy line. Right. Like, I know it's just like you were just supposed to be in there for a minute, but we need another guy. So Playmates has this contract. We kind of have to do this. Sorry. (sighs) You'll still be in the show a lot, actually. (laughs) Good for you, Mr. Cartoon. Not a henchman exactly, but uh, it's kind of like in a crime show when one crime boss is willing to work with another crime boss, but they have a tenuous relationship. Uh. (laughs) We've got Mayor Max Grody, who seemed to have been named by somebody wearing a Pearl Jam shirt. (laughs) He's the mayor of Tromaville, and he's got to be somewhere on the waiting list for heart transplants. (laughs) This guy... Is so obese and disgustingly drawn in his character. He is just, he is a disgusting person. It's sad. It's sad. It is It is a little sad. Mm-hmm. He makes it hard to feel bad for him, though. <laughs> I mean, he sounds like he has got his last meal stuck in his throat. I remember how easy it was to throw my own dear mother out of the house. She weighed practically nothing. But he's there, too, I guess. I mean, he's, he's a corrupt politician. But all he really does is, <laughs> well, we'll get into what they do in these plots, because there were a lot of them on display, considering that we watched four cartoons. Yeah, just a few. In the first adventure, a lot happens to our buddy Toxie. Not only does he go from being Melvin Junko, young janitor, to being the Toxic Crusader, he also meets his girlfriend, Yvonne, <laughs> which to me is a, a name that I don't understand how we ever happened upon, <laughs> the way it's spelled. Y-V-O-N-N-E. Right. <laughs> she is in the movies. Uh, she's blind there, actually. Here, she is just 90% blind. <laughs> and when she does see well enough, she still loves Toxie, so she's good-hearted. But she looks like she was designed by a nine-year-old Barbie fan, like a Barbie fanatic. Right, right. Just pink. You know, glasses, all the shit. And she sounds like a teensy tiny New Jersey doll. Yeah. Yvonne, it's me, Toxie. Oh, Toxie, I missed you so. Oh, honey, where are you? I'm right here, Yvonne. Oh, goody, I have a surprise for you. I got new glasses so I can finally see your gorgeous face. Toxie also meets and fights his arch nemesis, Dr. Kilimoff, for the first time because Kilimoff is trying to pollute the least polluted city in the world. Tromaville. This is when 
Toxie also meets his new friends, some of the Toxic Crusaders. And his friends throughout the show mostly arrive via public transportation. They kind of just <laughs> arrive on the bus. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what? Oh, I'm supposed to be at the cartoon here in about 20 minutes. Let's head on down. You know, that's the way it has to be sometimes, Will. <laughs> it's, well, here's the thing. The show says it doesn't take itself at all seriously, and it knows it's a show, that kind of thing. It's like, no, that's great. You can have a bus pass. Yeah. That's fun. Absolutely. It, pretty much anything you want to do is okay. <laughs> you, you only get 13 episodes, but do whatever you want. So these guys, and I remembered them immediately somehow, I guess from seeing commercials or maybe I did see the cartoon or certainly from the toys. No zone. Yep. This is my boy. I love <laughs> That's your homie. He's just, he's adorable. He's all nose and buck teeth. He's got a Southern accent and a flight cap and goggles. His nose is literally like, you know, the size of a, a normal football. And he's got a little bit of a Jeff Foxworthy thing going. I told you there was something familiar about those guys. You're right. Rain and snow and gloom and night is one thing, but toxic smuts, forget it. He is a mutant. He's like gray skinned. I guess he lost a leg in this because the way here's here's how he became a mutant. He says craziness, just craziness. He was an airplane pilot for some reason who still wears a cap and goggles like he's Amelia Earhart. The Red Baron. Yeah. And he crashed into a radioactive pepper silo. <laughs> pepper that you would put on, you know, <laughs> food. Stretching, stretching. So it's just I love that the mutagen is so smart that it knows that humans tend to think of pepper as a nose related spice. It's very, only only that. Yes. It's purely for that. And so here we go. You're a nose man now. So he he turns into this nosy boy who his real power is to sneeze insanely powerful gusts of wind. And it comes in handy. Yeah. But it's it's really his personality that wins here <laughs> right? for me because he's just, yeah. just a nice guy. Just a good dude. Now, Major Disaster is the other of the first. Uh, there's a first wave of Toxic Crusaders that arrive and it's him and No Zone. Major Disaster is the soldier swamp thing. <laughs> he was some, I don't know if he held the rank of major. Seems like that's just for his name. Mm -hmm. But he certainly was an army man. The name doesn't work for me because I don't know what that means. Major disaster in this case. It's not environmental. It's not about what he does. Uh. <laughs> it's just kind of, hey, you know, I was an army man once. As a former military man, I'd say we're surrounded. Yo, banana tree, we'll have a ripe one to go. I would like the teeth, though. They come in handy for pulling pins out of hand grenades. He looks like he's someone whittled an army man out of wood, uh. you know, like, like a gnarled piece of wood. Right. Because he controls plants. Because he fell into, yes, a radioactive swamp, uh. <laughs> which I, I'm, I'm sure they have in Louisiana somewhere. They have to. Got to have one. But it's weird because he, he controls plants. So even though he is literally toxic, he is a toxic crusader. Him and nature are cool, though, because uh. he gets to tell plants what to do. I don't, I don't understand that, but I'm not going to fight it. Cause I mean, he listen, with, listen, controlling the trees, that's pretty powerful. I'm not going to tell him not to do it. Okay. <laughs> He had me killed by a tree. Just say, just get, get a better name. Get a better name. Get a better name. Basically, if No Zone hangs with somebody, if he vouches for them, then I don't need to hear anything else. Solid. It's fine. Solid. They have to fight not only Kilimov's main bag, the Radiation Rangers, which I wish someday <laughs> will be a sports team. I promise. It has to be in, in, uh, in L.A. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Or the Smogulas in L.A., maybe. Dr. Kilimov calls on this monster uh, I guess a genetic creation or whatever that he has <laughs> a giant living oil slick that also looks kind of like it's it's a dinosaur. Right. Called Paludo. 
I don't mean the dog from Disney or the planet or the the former planet, whatever. Poluto. Zero points on creativity. 100% on brand for Dr. Kilimoff. Giant oil slick. What fights oil? What is oil's natural predator in the wild? Oh. Man? <laughs> Water? <laughs> I don't know where we're going. Cat litter. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Yeah, cat litter. For some reason, it is the only thing that we know to use against oil as human beings. Anytime there's an oil spill in a garage, anywhere, all we ever see, like if I go to the mechanic, they use cat litter on the oil spills. What did we do before we had cat litter? Before we domesticated cats? Sand. It was probably sand. I guess, but they don't use sand. Sand, like, why don't we use sand on these things then? Is this literally the only thing that fights oil? Can we at least repackage it as saying it's oil gravel or something? Like, you don't, so you don't have to go to the pet store. And, and, and get some fresh step. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have cats. I have cat litter. I have anti-oil uh, tactics at my disposal. <laughs> but not everybody just has that. But that's what they reach for to defeat this thing is they get all the cat litter they can from the store. And, of course, my boy... No zone sneezes it all over this monster, but I, I just have to imagine if this ever happens on Earth, God bless the tidy cat <laughs> company <laughs> for providing us with the weapons we need. Hey, I, I was half right with with man. OK, I was half right. <laughs> You're right. Man created. Yes, correct. <laughs> God, damn. I will give you credit. Get the old rises better. Two. Absorbs like a real go getter. Leaves no dust, no tracks around. Tidy cat three. The second adventure Toxie has, and now he's joined up with his Toxic Crusaders. So they're all living together out in the radioactive junkyard. They're in it. They're in it to win it. This is about fast food. <laughs> this episode is based around their local chain, I guess. Burpo Burger. <laughs> it's just everything about it just kind of grosses me out, but it's fun. Yeah. Like everything's fun, but gross. They're gross, but they get girls. That's why they get girls, yeah. even though they're gross. They're fun guys. Hey, that happens. One day you'll be loved. One day you'll be loved by someone else besides your mom. So Burpo Burger is going to be the center of the plot for this particular <laughs> adventure. Uh, their mascot for Burpo Burger is an illusionist. You, you, like oh, whoa, whoa. The, Don't you mean they're trash, Scott? <laughs> Continue. Continue. I did mean that. I'm sorry. I misspoke. No zone. Everybody in the groups has to get jobs, they say, all of a sudden, because the plot needs some action and some traction. It's just better that way. It's better that way. Yeah. It's better if we do stuff. <laughs> and so No Zone starts working at this burger place and not knowing that he's at the center of a plot by Dr. Kilimoff. The plot involves the one character that I tr like remembered well from this show Eventually, he will become Headbanger, but he starts off as two characters. Mm -hmm. Dr. Bender, who is an evil scientist, typical evil scientist, working on some evil shit for Dr. Kilimoff. <laughs> he is creating... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, this is the 81st patch and it still isn't right. I need to test this right away. I need a human guinea pig. And he is making a chemical called Magoop 82. Magoop. It turns people old and blind. <laughs> and it's called Magoop. I I gotta say, I approve of this heavily. I wish they would have done more with of that kind of clever wordplay. It turns people old and blind, and they're going to 
put it on the fries yep. at Burpo Burger because just like McDonald's, can't deny those fries. <laughs> Dr. Bender, the evil scientist, is greeted by a man named Fender. This is a young surfer. Everything he's wearing came from a PacSun store right, yeah. at the mall. <laughs> like, he is as close to a California raisin, the one with the sunglasses, uh-huh. as you'll get in a human being. <laughs> I'm surprised that it's not Michelangelo from TMNT's voice actor that portrayed him. It's just everything's like this, man. Everything. Shout out. Major shout out. Shout out to the California Raisins. Shout out to California Raisins. Shout out to PacSun. Shout out to the mall. <laughs> shout out to the ocean. Quick shout out. All of you, shout out. Big ups. <laughs> so this guy, this guy is literally to the max. He cannot be, he is maxed out. Like, he can't be any more surfery, more dutical. Hey, Stretch, this is where the evil genius Dr. Bender hangs. I got a telegram from a Dr. Kill him off. Here's a little message just for you. Tell Tilly Tally, I need the kill. If you fail, you'll die today. Sincerely yours, Dr. K. He's there to sing a, a, a telegram. A rapping telegram. When Dr. Bender tries to experiment on this poor young idiot surfer, They end up struggling and they fall into an atom smasher. And when they come out, they are two heads on a body that is an amalgamation of these two men. Horrific. Truly horrific. The imagery of this is a bummer. (laughs) They each control the other side's arm. So, like, if you're on the right, you control the left arm. So you're punching the other guy in the face. And, like, they both want different things. I mean, it's it's a constant team building exercise with those two. (laughs) It's true. Constant. Yes. A lot of trust falls that go uh, without trust being earned at the end. Cats, the Atom Smasher made us into one person. So unsmashes, man. I don't know how. Bummer. It's going to be a little tough picking up chicks. Say, do you like sushi, Doc? So they eventually, after they have committed this crime of poisoning the fries with Magoop 82 and turn all of the staff at the restaurant and eventually the customers as well into old blind people. Senile. And they switch sides in the middle of having already committed this crime (laughs) just because they realize that this other team of freaks, the Toxic Crusaders, are hanging out with Yvonne, a hot babe. And like, wait, if we become good guys, we can get babes even though we're gross. (laughs) And then so they basically just say, hey, I don't I want to switch sides now. I'm done being bad. Mm -hmm. So criminals If you're listening, this is a good tactic if you get caught in the act. Tell the police, I want to be a good guy now. I'm done. And you'll you'll be fine. You'll be okay. Uh, You might even join the force. And at the end, when Headbanger officially joins the Toxic Crusaders, because they they fix this whole thing, when they find out that Pepper, again, Pepper plays a part, turns Magoop 82 into (laughs) bubblegum, which is just like in the writer's room, they had a wheel that they were spinning to figure out what happens next, I guess. There's no rules. There's no rules. uh, Travis, I think you were supposed to sing that. There's no rules. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) (laughs) When Headbanger officially joins the Toxic Crusaders at the end, that's when they name him Headbanger. They say, it is getting too confusing to call you two names. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we're going to name you one name. This, this man is two people. There are two brains that are independent of each other. They might, they might as well be conjoined twins. Yeah, I mean, they pretty much are. And you're like, you know what? <sighs> it's just hard for me personally to remember both your names and for me to talk to you as two people. Uh-huh. So I'm going to address both of you as one person. Uh-huh. You're not a human being anymore. 
kiss that goodbye. Identity, <laughs> bye-bye. I have to admit that by the time we got to the third and fourth surprise adventure mm -hmm. of the Toxic Crusaders, I was audibly done with the show. Yeah. Uh, I said it out loud. I was like, I don't need to. <sighs> yes. Okay. Because I, I wasn't disliking the show. Yeah. But there's a lot of the same shit <laughs> going on each episode. Nonstop. Nonstop. I just stuck around so that I could see some of these other characters that are being introduced. Uh, yeah. Same here. Same here. So the third adventure... I guess the, the writer's room wheel just landed on old people again uh. at first because <laughs> it's about how they're kicking old people out of the, the bad guys are kicking old people out of the old folks home to make room for them to hide smogulins, the aliens that are coming to the planet. Shout out. <laughs> Which it, it's short lived because it doesn't end up being the main plot. They're found out. So what they decide to do is say, hey, we're always being bugged by these heroes. What if we disguise our disgusting home base city? which is called City Island, which is very confusing. Mm -hmm. He's from a planet uh -huh. that is polluted. Right. I, it's too much. Yeah. I'm confused. Yeah, convoluted. They dress that place up like it's a tropical resort and then trick the Toxic Crusaders into going on vacation there briefly. And uh -huh. meanwhile, another Toxic Crusader arrives, <laughs> I think, via RV or bus or train, something <laughs> that he can easily afford. Yeah. No one's getting well paid on this show. It's toy time. This guy... Kind of bummed me out. I also loved him, mm -hmm. but he kind of bummed me out. This is Junkyard. Yep. He could be a TMNT character pretty easily because it's a just a humanoid dog who's dressed in like a hat and ripped up overalls and stuff. The name's Junkyard. Us hideously deformed critters have to help one another in this crazy world of ours. Now that I could read, I discovered newspapers were good for more than just house training puppies. But his story is not that he was... Here's the thing. Okay, here's what happened factually. Okay. And then let's take a look at it afterwards. Okay? Let, let's take this ride. Let's go. Factually, there was a junkyard. A homeless man came and stayed in the junkyard dog who lived there, his house, his little dog house. And then a toxic wave of junk uh -huh. came over them. And then they were combined into a single being known as Junkyard. Mm -hmm. Can we agree on these events as they occurred? We can agree. I, okay. I, do, I do agree. Okay. Instead of it being the homeless man was transformed into a mutant dog humanoid. Uh -huh. It was that the Junkyard dog gained human intelligence and became the dog. So uh. the homeless man left the world <laughs> he's gone his all he had to contribute to this equation was the ability to read and speak uh, and walk on hind legs and but he's he is not his personality anything else doesn't seem to be at play like this is a dog who speaks and walks and talks <laughs> but like it's such a weird way to do it because it's like how we forget that splinter was a pet rat who turned into a human uh -huh. a humanoid rat but he didn't absorb the human that he had been in contact with <laughs> you're like you're like, you're like can we all agree that the man is dead he's the dead. man has to be dead or like he is like when you absorb your own twin in the womb and you and then it's like they're just like a ball of teeth and hair inside of you that's maybe that's what he is yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah no this I know this 100%, yeah. Well, Travis, if you would do some <laughs> medical research, you would know that this is a thing that happens to some people. <laughs> if you would just read the articles I sent you. <laughs> that you sent me every night. Every night. Every night. <laughs> yeah, I call it tumor hour. <laughs>
But Junkyard is hyper likable because they do a pretty good job of portraying him as just like a very loyal, nice dog. dog. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it's like everybody's all about dogs right now. They're they're really having a good year, dogs. Uh, so I yeah, figure are. this is a good time to bring this guy back. If any time is good. They, they've, they've had a pretty good run for a while, though. Dogs have had a pretty good run. No doubt. It's They've been perennially popular. But I would think if you were to check some kind of analytic on Twitter and or Instagram or what, wherever you want to measure these things, you would see like dog popularity skyrocketing huge yeah huge people are all about them dogs mm-hmm. and so junkyard <laughs> i'm all about that junkyard he's a very good boy yes with human intelligence and we've met a few good boys on this podcast it's true and he's one of the best <laughs> they do and they give him a dog house to live in which i would be i would think is rude but he is still a dog at heart <laughs> and so he's he's all happy about it you know so hey if he's not mad i'm not mad more power to him finally Adventure 4, and I was pissed when it came up because I just said, wait a minute, the... I thought we were just going to get the dog and be done with it. Like, that's why I came here. Uh, it's to see Headbanger, the man with two heads, uh-huh. and the dog, and that's it. That's I thought we were done. No, they have to bring in the Smogulans. Have to. They, listen, they've been teasing this whole time. They've been teasing us. They had to bring them in. Well, it's very disappointing because they just arrive on a, a flying Chevrolet <laughs> car of some, some kind, <laughs> like an Impala or something. They arrive, and it's just a, apparently Smogula is a monarchy. Because they have a czar that is in charge of everything, and I, I'm trying to f- still trying to figure out how this name is a joke, because I can't find the pun in it. <laughs> it's and they pronounce it different than it's spelled. Czar uh-huh. is his title, and then Zosta or Zoster is what they keep saying. Czar yeah. Zoster, Czar Zosta. Does that hit you at all? Not at all. No. Not at all. Okay. Well, his daughter's name, because he has a, a daughter who is a prince or his a niece or whatever, who's a princess, and they're both. Big, ugly cockroach people. She is named Princess Gerpa. Okay. I mean, it sounds like burp. That's funny. Erp it does. Is like, we only put erp in words we think are bad for, for dumb things and gross things. Yeah, we got goop and burp. We got goop. Going, to, going together there. We got gerp. We got burp. We got grah. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she falls in love with Toxie immediately and... <laughs> We're not going to go through this shit because we didn't want it. We didn't want this episode, Toxie. You tricked us. <laughs> tricked us hard. It is not a shotgun wedding that Toxie is forced at one point to have with uh-huh. this cockroach woman. It is a garbage missile wedding where he they're threatening Tromaville with just a missile that contains garbage if he doesn't marry her. And that's why he's willing to do it. And he curtsies. He curtsies, man. Shout out to him. He's wearing that tutu. For Earth Day, he, he curtsies. He's... He's chivalrous. He is. Chivalrous. <laughs> Chivalry, not dead. Hashtag. <laughs> Toxie got... How about... To- hashtag Toxie got Moxie. Ooh, baby. Mm-hmm. I like that. The other thing that I really liked is that he has to break up with Yvonne, uh-huh. which he's very kind, and he's, he does this like, hey, I got to get married. Sorry. You know. And so... <laughs> The Toxic Crusaders, as these maladjusted people and who have no social skills and no understanding of humans anymore, probably, are like, we should all date her, but not at the same time. Just each of us will take her on a date. And so she ends up like going like going through each Toxic Crusader, going on a date that goes badly, that she gets covered in mud or some other gunk. Date roulette. Date roulette going on. Well, is this what friend circles should do when... <laughs> If they're friends with both ends of the couple, instead of saying they have to pick one or the other, they're like, hey, why don't we just all date Bobby? You know? How about this? If you want things to go horrible, yes. I'm on board. (laughs) This, 
I know I complained about the self-aware comedy that went on in Animaniacs. It's not that I found it funny here. It's that it's and again, it goes back to Uncle Lloydie. I feel like they understand that it's not funny either and therefore is funny in a way. Does that make sense? It's not yes. funny. It's like I'm not laughing at it because it it forced laughter out of me. I'm laughing because I'm like, oh, man, Jesus Christ. And they're like, yeah, we know. Right. Like they they know. They, yeah, they did it. They're in on the joke. So I, I and they're very, definitely underdogs. So I they managed to win my heart. They managed to have it both ways with the environmental message because it is both a satire of environmental shows like Captain Planet because they don't again, they don't sit there and give you a lesson on the environment at all. They just say toxic waste is bad. Yet also it is an environmental show because they say the environment is important. Don't pollute. (laughs) Right. Okay. (laughs) Right. So they managed to do both of these things at once. And it's like, have you ever... You are flirting with someone and you say something that's flirty. Uh-huh. And the tactic is if they don't like it, I was joking. And if they do like it, I was not joking. Yeah. That's what this show is. Mm-hmm. It manages to have it both ways. <laughs> it has the cake, it eats the cake. On today's episode. On today's episode is the segment of DPTC in which we reach down into that radioactive sludge to pull out some real gems of morality, Mm. the lessons that these cartoons have to teach us. And Travis, I I didn't see any lessons that were included on this show. What I want to hear from you is what moral lesson did you learn watching The Toxic Crusaders? Well, Will, um, d- during this this quarantine time that we're in, Will, um, media would have you believe that uh, that beauty is skin deep. And on this tune, Will, um, it looks at the other side of that. Beauty beauty is not just skin deep. It's it's deeper than that. It's it's how you act. It's how you treat people. It's how you see yourself and and how you accomplish things, you know, and it's just beautiful. <laughs> it's like Earth Day. It's just beautiful to me. It's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Um, Will, what did you take away from this this tune when it, when it concerns morals? On today's episode, which again, four episodes of this gosh darn cartoon <laughs> mashed into a quote unquote movie. Breaking records. You were, we're breaking records. Yeah, man. We got to stop doing this. Uh, <laughs> Next episode, we're watching half of one cartoon. I've been watching every, a whole one. Every time you tell me that, we got to quit doing this. It, you, 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 give me, uh, you give me war and peace. I know. So, Earth Day episode, number one lesson, obviously, take care of the planet. Learn to identify toxic waste and say no to toxic waste. Okay? That's just, I I don't think I have to explain any of that. Mm -hmm. You can go watch Captain Planet. You can look at any, people are talking about it all the time, okay? Environment's great. (laughs) Once the world does have freaks in it, like the Toxic Crusaders, at that point, we will have crossed a threshold. And there's no going back. And at that point, I think it is time to embrace the new world. Up until then, protect everything. (laughs) Try to have no toxies. Right, right. Once there is a single toxie in the world, cat's out of the bag. Yes. And at that point, I'm demanding mandatory toxic waste showers for all. Mm. Okay? Bold. Here's the goal. By the end of the fiscal year, everybody is a freak. Mm. A toxic Mm -hmm. avenger, a toxic crusader, a toxic freak of some kind. Because I like the world they're living in. Because if you're if you're radioactive, this shit isn't gross. It's not dangerous. It's just your world. It's beauty. <laughs> yeah. 
The only way to adapt to a beshitted world is to get beshitted. Here's the deal, okay? Yeah, I'm listening. You may get gross, but we'll all get girls. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Days Past Tooncast today uh, and for sticking around waiting for this episode to come out. I'm sure you were all just uh, posted up by your phone praying for this episode to drop. And uh, we may not be back every week. We got to see how this remote thing works. Mm -hmm. We went through a goddamn adventure of our own. It really was. Trying to get this thing to work. But nonetheless, we will keep cranking these out. We for sure will keep counting up to that episode 100. Ooh, baby. In the meantime, please get on Apple Podcasts, write us a review, and give us a five-star rating. It really helps us out. Also, check us out on our Twitter and Instagram at DPTuneCast. And listen, if you like YouTube, which I think we all do right now during this quarantine time, me and Will did a little rap on there, didn't we, Will? We did. And if you guys are all over YouTube right now, if you haven't come across on accident, I don't know what you're doing wrong. But it's <laughs> you can search for Days Past TuneCast or just follow the link in the show notes to find X-Men Attack. It is a mashup and a parody of the X-Men 1992 animated series theme with Sir mix Baby, Baby Got, Got Back. Back. Travis and I rapped all over that thing. You can't stop mm, us. Mm, mm. All right. Until next time, guys. Remember, Earth Day. It's real. Respect it. Continue respecting the Earth and yourselves. Stay indoors. Stay safe. Uh, you can go watch Toxic Crusaders on the Troma uh, YouTube if you want while you're checking out our music video. Until next time, a remote but a still very heartfelt tutor my duder. Shout out to Uncle Lloydie. <laughs> tutor my duder. Well, kids, it's time for Uncle Lloydie to go and cash his welfare check. Check, 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 and then I'll, you'll die. I'll be, yeah, I'll pretty Got much it. die. I'll die right there. Yep. I'll pretty much die, I reckon. As soon as soon as you freeze on my end, I'm leaving. I'm just gonna leave okay. my closet. One more freeze and it's a freeze out. Yeah, I'm I'm leaving my closet because I just can't I can't do this. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. What does your uh lady think about you uh being in the closet? <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs>